Welcome to Bottle of White, Bottle of Red, the podcast that pairs the albums of Billy Joel with fine wines. From Cold Spring Harbor to the River of Dreams, grab a glass of your favorite vino and let's dive into the work of the Piano Man. Welcome to Bottle of White, Bottle of Red, the podcast about Billy Joel and some fine wines. I'm Corey Cavan. And I am Bill Granberg. How is everyone today? How is? I'm I'm very good tonight. I'm good too. I'm good too. It's, it's, a, it's a nice snowy evening in New York. It's a cozy evening in New York. Cozy evening in New York sounds like that could be like a Billy Joel live album or something like that. Like It could. Yeah, that's his, uh, that's his unplugged album. Cozy evening in Sagaponic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. That would be his unplugged album. Yeah. It's a cozy evening in Sagapani. The uh the the cover is just a uh Long Island Railroad ticket stub. <laughs> but like with that album printed there. Yeah, and it's got like a click, like a yeah. little like click that someone's taken out of there. Yeah. yeah. Um well <laughs> okay, glad we wrote that. Um yeah, been snowing all day and super stoked to get into our third bj album yeah yeah tonight we're doing what's the album we're doing uh, it's street life serenade yeah um third album mm-hmm. um it's his well we'll get into the the specifics okay. it's kind of his la album but it's kind of not at the same time yeah that makes sense um but yeah um i would say it's kind of lesser on his discography in a lot of uh critics and fans minds but we'll yeah. kind of get into the details i think there's some interesting things to talk about here yeah and uh as is customary we're going to be drinking a bottle of white that's for right. side a of the record side so, a side one bottle of white uh as as always mm-hmm. for season one our generous sponsors celery yes. wines in bay ridge brooklyn celery it. it's spelled like a wine cellar yeah. celery yeah. uh but Get at them. They deliver free. Uh, they have some sort of free delivery thing. Mm-hmm. If you're in New York, it's an amazing wine store. Yeah. Um, but Catherine has generously picked our wines. So let's find out what we're drinking for uh, side A. Hey, Corey and Bill. Catherine here from Celery to talk about the wines for episode three, pairing with Street Life Serenade. We decided to go with wines made by the beach. We chose these two wines because during the time that Billy Joel was recording Street Life Serenade, he was opening for the Beach Boys. So we went with wines made by the beach. Actually, both of these wines are made on islands. The first one, the white, is from the Colosi family. They are working on the island of Salina, which is off the northeast coast of Sardinia in the Aeolian Archipelago. This is an island composed of uh, extinct volcanoes. It's absolutely gorgeous if you ever can get there. The grape is Malvasia del a very specific clone of Malvasia that you only find in the Aeolian Archipelago area. Very, very unique in its aromatics and its kind of waxy, lush weight and uh, perfect with seafood. I hope you guys enjoy. I actually, that was the best, nicest cut I've ever done on a foil. Oh, you just cut the foil. Yeah. Yeah. Usually I just yank it off, but uh... I'm really excited to drink uh, this wine and the yeah. other one because Catherine has described them their their beach wines because this is his LA album, like you said, and kind of not. But she she's like, these are great wines to drink at a beach, and that's go. oh here we go. Ooh. Oh yeah, sounded like a beach volleyball. It did. It was like boop, a little Top Gun right there. Um, yeah. So what this, was the grape again? Uh, the grape for this one. This is our white, like you said. Uh, the grape for this one. Is uh, it's the one on the left is from the island of Salina mm-hmm. in the William Archipelago off the coast of Sicily. It's 100% Malvasia. Malvasia. Yeah. That's the grape. I don't uh, really know this grape. I don't either. I've never heard of it before. No. Uh, cheers. Give me cheers. Grape. Uh, gonna get in there. Mm. No, what you said, effervescent. I expected kind of more, almost like a vino verde. This is less effervescent than yeah. I would think, but it's really good. It is. It's got. It's got. She she said that it was like kind of sprightly, and mm-hmm. um, it's yeah, it's <laughs> like sprite. Yeah, it tastes like sprite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, no, it's really good. It's it's very. Yeah. Uh, you're. It's not as it's not as light or as effervescent as a vino verde. Yeah, but it's definitely got a little bit of like little bubbly taste to it. Not not like a full bubbly, just like a little effervescent. Yeah. And a very like smooth finish, mm-hmm. um, which I guess we can kind of get right into things in terms of uh, smooth. Speaking of a smooth finish, the last album we finished, yeah, 
uh, finished with Captain Jack. And I don't know if I would call Captain Jack a smooth finish. No, no Captain Jack smooth. is, you know, the 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 underbelly of of you know suburban Long Island life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would say uh, Street Life Serenade is a very L.A. kind of centered album. Yeah, this one. Okay, so we're coming in. It was released in 1974, Joel's third album. Um, as is customary, as mm-hmm. we've talked about on this podcast, you know more about uh, about music history than me. What's going on in 74? Like we know, we said our last album. If you listen to the last episode, uh, our last album, Joel, it, it felt like his like traveling west album. Yeah, now he feels like he's fully cemented in L.A thing to know about this album not super super interesting Mm -hmm. but it's his it's it was his last release where he recorded with mostly studio musicians yeah until river of dreams which is like much later much later he kind of after this point he kind of solidified his his touring band and like the billy joel band yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. the the people that will see react to him in the live russia concert when he just flips his work which is gonna be incredible (laughs) but uh so yeah this is his last thing with studio musicians it's also i think the first time um he uses synthesizers, mm-hmm. namely the Moog, yeah. which is like a revolutionary thing. Yes. Um, so that's going on with this. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So let's yes. dive in. Dive in. Life um, Serenade. Yeah. Um, so, okay. First song. Mm-hmm. First song. So it's actually not Street Life Serenade. It's uh, if this was a kind of a trivia of, of, you know, the title song of the album, this is technically not Street Life Serenade. It's Street Life Serenader. True. It's True. a, yeah. Uh, active verb <laughs> which i kind of i kind of respect that honestly mm-hmm. like i respect uh i respect yeah. a little a little left turn on that yeah. i'm trying to i wish i wish i would have thought about that before because now i'm trying to think of other albums that might have that all right so street life serenader so yeah. here's my initial take after listening to this yeah. multiple times this week this I'm, i'll just say mm-hmm. it now and we'll see how it goes through the rest of it this album feels a little sad to me mm-hmm. there's a sadness that goes throughout this the last yeah. album we kind of had this like traveling west and i remember i said in our last episode yeah. like uh the stop in nevada i was like that's yeah. a sad song but it's also kind of like an adventurous song it's a woman sure. going west like the, yeah and then and then you kind of come crashing down at There's, the end of piano yeah. man with him returning to captain jack which is tragic yeah but this album has this and this is this is something i'm interested in i don't want to hang us up too long mm-hmm. but there's something about los angeles that oh, yeah. has that a little bit where you know you've lived in los angeles before, i have and i feel like there can be a, a little like uh, I don't know the best way to describe it, but like a little bit of sadness of sure. kind of like you're sitting in a car all the time. It's sunny all the time. Yeah. But people aren't always fully happy in L.A. And it's got a little and, you know, people aren't happy everywhere. But like this has a little bit of that to me. where yeah. I feel like and you start to see it come it's, out in his songs. It's a sadness that hides in plain sight. I think, you know, I, uh, it was a snowy night. I walked over here. You think, oh, it's snowy, it's gloomy, but like it feels no. warm and like exciting to be in New York at a time like this. Yeah. It's, Whereas, yeah, LA kind of has a very homogenized sameness to it. Yep. And I think, I mean, that, that really does affect the music mm-hmm. um, and it affects the, the type of things and it affects the business. And I do think as a whole, this album has both overt and kind of more subtle references to, to LA. Mm-hmm. Um, and this first song, I mean, it's not quite a prog song, but it has, it has orchestration. It has, mm-hmm. you know, parts that come in. We start out with, uh, yeah, we start out with streets. This is the mood we're going with the street life serenader. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, it doesn't really, it, yeah. drums come in later, but you know, it's kind of, it's almost like seeing some Italian restaurant. If it never picks up. That's that's a great that's, yeah. yeah great point point. and I, mean, I know and we're this, not up to that point yet but it, you know you yeah and it's definitely got this kind of like someone working for a day mm-hmm. that is it's kind of seems like the subject's a little beaten down yeah in the song it's like street life serenader never sang on stages yeah you know so that's where we're opening up at mm-hmm. I, I'll say this not being familiar with that song it really did grow on me I actually like that song yeah I mean it definitely does it it, it it almost reminds me of like Elton John, Yellow Brick Road, like yeah, yeah, like totally. Funeral for a Friend, Yellow Brick Road. It just kind of has that almost like storytelling calmness on there. Yeah, it does. But I will say this: like 
the the energy feels completely sapped from mm-hmm. where we were on Piano Man. Totally, I agree with that. All right, yeah. move us on to song. But that's not the case. Uh, there's a lot more energy on Los Angelinos. Oof. So you mentioned the Moog. The the yeah, it's actually Moog. It is actually Moog. It yeah. looks like it should be pronounced Moog, but, but it's, it's actually Moog. Moog. Yeah. Um, so yeah, synthesizers. That's a big part of uh the 70s in fact you know queen who were just starting out queen famously put on the first five of their albums we do not use any synthesizers interesting so it's kind of like a rage against the machine move yeah of their first album right like, this where was they're all like made with like uh, all weird sounds were made from tom morello and a spoon yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what it yeah, was completely so but like that's los angelinos it's, it's a much more upbeat song uh, I think it's the first time we're not hearing piano. He's obviously playing yep. keys, yep. but it's not a piano. And this song is very overtly, obviously, about L.A. 100% about L.A. But it's, it's very Angeles. much an outsider's perspective on L.A. Yeah, I, it's it's it very much. You, you mentioned, I think, in our first episode about like Billy Joel talking about being like he becomes like the angry young man. Yeah, this is like someone who is not from L.A., who's living there, who's like, yeah, this is what everyone is like in L.A. They moved. It's like someone that's kind of bitter about being there and maybe not even someone's bitter about being there. Someone who is from New York. Yeah. Like Long Island. Yeah. In L.A. But it also I think I think he considers himself among them because there's the line Los Angelinos all come from somewhere. True. And and that yeah, kind of yeah, talks yeah. to That's the transient true. nature. Like no one obviously there are people who are born and raised in Los Angeles, but that doesn't when you're out there, everyone's out there. Everyone yeah. comes from somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's that outsider perspective and you know, you can never really call it your home. The interesting thing too is I think like I've talked to people from LA mm-hmm. and like cuz like you and I or that live in LA. And like in New York, you can never really you you can call yourself in New York after 10 years, whatever, but like I that's what they say but like I've been here longer than that I don't I definitely don't feel like I'm from New York and like I guess I'm a New Yorker Mm -hmm. but I remember talking to someone who was like oh you live in LA for six months you're an Angelino like you're you're here you're an Angelino yeah and it's like you meet someone in New York and this it sounds snobby but it's not like you meet someone in New York and they've been here for like you meet so many people. It's like, oh, I've been here for six months. Like, I love it. And it's like, yeah, okay. They'll, yeah. You know, things are so different now with like right. pandemic and the way the city right. is. But the Angelinos thing, it feels like this just like, it's almost like everybody get in the boat. Everybody's yeah. welcome. We're all here and yeah. we're all just kind of hanging out. And like the song is about like sleeping with your neighbors. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of about, I, there's yeah. something that was like about like the drug fuel, just kind of everyone just hanging out in LA. Yeah. Just well, there's also, there I mean, for, there's, to be a you know, star hiding out in the hills hiding out in the canyons it's right. it's very much like you go there and you kind of like carve your own little thing and and yeah. you're social but you're also isolated yeah the one thing that i think is really interesting is um you know he's from new york mm-hmm. i when i lived in la this isn't about me but when i lived in la i didn't really take to it and i think one of the reasons why is because i was born and raised a new yorker right and I think that it's a very specific difference, LA to New York, mm-hmm. that I think like that's if I had come from anywhere else in the country, I probably could have adapted and been like, yeah, I'm into LA and I can get it. And like when I travel there, I'm like, yeah, I totally understand every aspect of why yeah. this is a nice life. Yeah. But I think, I think having that New York in your blood, that real New York in your blood. Uh, My blood looks like a black and white cookie. (laughs) I bleed pizza grease. (laughs) My first wife is a subway rat. (laughs) Yeah. I remember we're talking to a friend who was, who had lived in LA and he was like, he's like, it's a different thing than New York. He's like, cause like people legitimately, he's like, we'll go out for like a two and a half hour lunch. Yeah. It's just like a slower, chiller, Mm -hmm. like, cool thing yeah and there's another thing where he says going nowhere on the streets with their spanish names yeah like it's that's such a i mean that's a great lyric it's great because it great is lyric. that's like you get there and you're like oh yeah la cienega yeah, on la cienega Boulevard. and you're just like oh yeah it's on it's on la cienega and you're talking about you know a gas station or like a a deli like a jewish deli like, yeah on la cienega oh, you and you go to like, canters it's i don't know what canters is on Not uh yeah no canters i think it's on 
It's over I think by it's on La Cienega or Fairfax. It might be Fairfax. I think it's on Fairfax. Over by MacArthur <laughs> Park. Literally, this is, this is the L- this is LA. LA. No, it's on. It's on Fairfax over by MacArthur Park. You yeah. know, it's like because I was going out there. When I, I was will say what, one of the things that that Californians <laughs> SNL sketch got right is that like you somehow as soon as you're there, you just talk about roads. Yeah, you become obsessed with roads and like. But it's funny because like growing up in New York, you, there are no Spanish sounding roads. No, and now all of a sudden it's just like, oh, this is this is exotic. I think in New York, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Kawanga. <laughs> All right. Los Feliz. Los um, Feliz. Is it Los Feliz or Los Feliz? I mean. I've always heard Los Feliz. Is it Houston or Houston? I don't it's, know. Well, if you're in Texas, it's yeah. Houston. If you're in New York, it's Houston. Um, right. So I want to say this is kind of a segue into the next song. Mm-hmm. You know, this is him in L.A. This is his L.A. album. If this is his L.A. album, this next song is coming coming back to New York. The song is is a, is kind of his. What's it like when you when you kind of go home and and check in, and that oh yeah, and so the next song is, um, the Great Suburban Showdown. Yeah, dude, this song, it is. Uh, so I thought about this mm-hmm. when I moved to New York. I remember a friend was like. Cause I, I moved from the, the, my hometown and he was like, it'll be tough to come back. Mm-hmm. And he was like, because you're going to want to like see your parents, but you're also going to see friends. Yeah. And like, and he was right. But like, this is the song yeah. that is like, you can never go home again. Yeah. Like, but it's a specific <clears throat> Billy Joel. You can never go home again. One, because I think it's like, it's a, it's a coming home, but I also feel mm-hmm. like he is so much long Island, but I don't think yeah. he, I think it's that he's so famous now that he doesn't really, he's, he can't go home again. Well, like, he can't, I don't think he can go home in a literal sense. I mean, I think, you know, Turnstiles, the next album is literally him coming home. Right. But I think in this sense, it's, it's, it's a lot about his parents. It's a lot about he's grown. He's kind of become this new, th- this new thing and, and going home, it just seems so different. Yeah. But it definitely is a successful version of himself. He's talking about being on a plane, drinking champagne, and then coming home to deal with his parents. Yeah. And what I love about it is like, here's Billy Joel. Here's, you know, someone who's very successful at this point. But he talks about like the most mundane things like going home, mm-hmm. not being able to deal with your folks and then like going up to your room. Yeah. I, it's crazy. Yeah. He talks about how he's. Yeah. Um, and there's a whole deal of like hanging out with the neighbors, but you're super bored. Yeah. And uh, I, I want to pull. Up. I mean, he's 25 years old. Yeah, he's 25. And like, I think about like, yeah, there's been times in my, you know, obviously I'm not as successful as Billy Joel, but like I've gone home when I was 25 and I can't deal with my parents. So I go into my room. Like that's a normal thing. And like, here he is, you know, platinum selling artist, writer of Piano Man. Yeah. He deals with the same shit. I mean, it's pretty wild that this is after Piano Man too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But no, you're right. It's he's yeah. Definite synthesizer in Moog. Yeah, right there. This kind of reminds me of the Wonder Years a little bit. It does. It almost sounds like a coming back from commercial like. Totally, it's like drinking all that free champagne. Hey, Dad, just flew in from California. Oh, Billy. Yeah. Wait, wait. Play that again. Hold on. Hold on. Great suburban showdown is taped in front of a live studio audience. (laughs) (laughs) And then, oh my gosh, Terry Crews is on the show. Yeah. Um, he's he's four years old. He's four. <laughs> he can still like flex his pecs. Um, yeah, it's definitely it, to me. It almost had a little bit of not like John Denver, but like mm-hmm. it's got this kind of slower yeah. sort of um, not Kansas, but it's yeah. just a different thing. I will say this: we we talked about this already. Um, but when I just read the Apple music yeah. like, review, the write up of this album, the first line is yeah. Billy Joel was not a happy man. Yeah. And, and, and you mentioned, uh, you mentioned like it, part. So part of the reason that this feels like, I think that this should have come after piano man mm-hmm. is after piano man, he was really blowing up. And so he was opening for the beach boys. He was touring a bunch yeah, and he had a ton of pressure to come out with a new album. Well, yeah. he was like, I don't have any time to write mm-hmm. new songs. And so yeah. that'll show up later on in the album. But I it's, think it's that he he's like, he didn't have a lot of new songs. I think he was kind of bummed out because he's like, 
I want to make a good album, but I don't have any time. Right. And also, I don't think he likes living. He's just so deep in the business. At yeah. And in a way, it's like this is the software software slump. <laughs> this is Microsoft Windows 95, the software slump. No, this is the uh, sophomore <laughs> slump. Um, this is his third album, but it does feel like that. Oh, wow. He spent all his good stuff on Piano Man. It's, and now it's like... It's the Hootie and the Blowfish problem. Yeah. It's the... They toured in bars for years. They put out the first album and their second mm-hmm. one's Fairweather Johnson, which yeah. I will say, not a bad album. No, it's good. You got to be a real fan to really yeah. enjoy it. You know, you mentioned this kind of like idea of rushing an album out and kind of like, you know, not having all that material to put in there. What's interesting about this album is, is it has two instrumentals. Uh, yeah. And you know, there's there's a few reasons for that. Yeah. So you said part of it's rushing this album out. Mm-hmm. Other thing that I read <clears throat> is that this is the first time he used synthesizers and he mm-hmm. made a pact with himself. This is somewhere. Yeah. But he like made a pact with himself that he was like, if I'm going to start using synthesizers and like yeah. using this, like almost like cheating from being a piano guy. Yeah. He, he would have to put in at least like one real piano song. Oh, interesting. If he's going to use this other sound. And so that leads us to this next song, yeah. which is, I want to just say, I so talk about it. So when we were talking about doing this podcast and going through and just kind of talking about each album, very, you know, cursory looks at each one. I think I just, I literally just mentioned the name of this, uh, this <laughs> song and you just started laughing. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent, man. I mean, friggin what to say? So this song, this is root beer rag. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this song, I, it, this literally, right. it's like level three piano class. This is like what you play at your recital. Dude, this is, this is walking into, <laughs> this is walking into like showdown station at Disney world. That's yeah. not a real place, but you know what I'm talking about? Like you walk into like yeah. the cowboy place, you got goofy with uh-huh. chaps on and there's a player piano right there. Yeah. Well, this it's, is look, it's, it's obviously, it's a pastiche. It's, it's Scott Joplin ragtime, yeah, Scott Joplin you know, the max. and, and you know, there's a song on this album called The Entertainer, just yeah. you know, to to underline that connection. But like this song is straight up a ragtime song that, <laughs> that Billy Joel wrote. And, and here's the thing: like when I listened to it, I was like, "This is what you learn to play piano for." Mm-hmm. Like, like you learn to play piano, you know, because you want to play classical or like yeah. you want to. But like you want you want this at some mm-hmm. someone's house. They're having some party. You sit down and bust this out. You're gonna pull in everyone. You're gonna sure. pull in like people's parents, and people yeah. are gonna be like, "Whoa, this guy can really play!" Like, it's- I mean, this is very technically accurate. I feel like yeah. this this song was like made for piano bars, like the dueling piano bars. You see, it's this 100% out. dueling piano bar. I mean, yeah. let's just get- we gotta listen. Yeah, it feels like we're about to start. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. I mean. You want to start square dancing, yeah. clogging. I mean, I feel like we need like a slide was like, yeah. I mean, I feel like imagine, so- uh, imagine if this album started with that song though. It, it, totally. I mean, it that, totally changed the vibe. Yeah. That's what traveling prayer is. Mm-hmm. Someone busts out a freaking jar, yeah. juice harp. Like you just get in there and play. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, look, I, I will fun. say this. This is a theme we've kind of barely touched on this, but I think we're going to touch on it more, especially in the later albums. Like (laughs) Billy Joel is a loser. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I I say this with all respect. (sighs) There's nothing pop about this song and not in like a cool experimental artsy way. This is just like the worst. I mean, look, it's great. It's fine, but it's just like, it's not, it does not belong on a pop album. Yeah. No. It, you know, this true. is like if you were listening to like Kendrick Lamar and then like, I don't know, like he sings opera for a track. But <laughs> well, like I'm sincerely, try, I'm or like if you listen to Kendrick, but then Kendrick puts in like a fat boys type song. Rest in peace, man. Rest in peace. But maybe not even that. Like no, no, no. It can't even be that. Like, even, even that's be, it's cool. It's not an homage. Yeah, you're right. Like, this is like, he's playing something from like the 1920s. Yeah. Well, okay. So I found the quote. I kind of misquoted it. But mm-hmm. his quote was, I got my first Moog. That was in the mid 70s. Mm-hmm. And I put it on every record. I said, I have to write an instrumental where I can use the Moog. Yeah. It kind of turned me off. It kind of turned me off the synthesizers forever after. That's why I wrote that song, just purely out of stupid self-indulgence. 
He's like, I was getting too cool. I was getting too cool with the mode. <laughs> so I had so to I the freaking, song. So I conjured Scott Joplin. Oh my God. I'll say this. Yeah. This, is a, this is one, um, two facts. Yeah. One, this piece was used in the unlicensed NES game Blackjack. Wait, what? Yeah, the, the unlicensed NES game. It was, a, I guess, a card game. Like, Blackjack? There's like a MIDI NES version of this song? Yeah, on the game Blackjack. We I have to, to hear We got to get that. We got to find it. Uh, and the other thing was, Root Beer Rag was also the name of the Billy Joel, of a Billy Joel newsletter published in the 70s and 80s. I don't think it was his. It was just someone put one out called Root Beer Rag. Okay, I, I think I found it. Oh my gosh. Please, please get it All out right. there. Okay, play it. Let's see if we can hear it. Okay. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Wait, wait it's got to pick up. Shut up. Oh my god. It was all worth it for this. Dude, and also like no joke, the cover of this video game is like a James Bond ripoff. Are you serious? Yeah. Dude, this is incredible. I mean, that is that amazing. redeemed root beer rag. Oh, that's cooler than the song. <laughs> if that was on the album, at least people would be like, wow, what is that futuristic instrument? Yeah, exactly. You'd be like, oh, my gosh. Wait till you guys see Excite Bike. Oh, all right. Let's finish outside one. Uh, yeah, let's finish outside one. So, so I will say this next track, Roberta. Uh-huh. I would say this is the most like down the middle like this song roberta this song could have been on piano man this could have been on cold spring harbor yeah this is just like oh yeah this is what you expect a billy joel album track to sound like yeah you get it's just kind of like i miss yep we're we're in cold spring harbor right now you're right we're at piano man Yeah, it's, it's like good. it's like unrequited it's love. Tough. It's your working through yeah. a relationship. You got yeah, it's I, passionate. It's yep. it's a love song. I mean, it, it it's kind of just like it's checking all the boxes. I mean, it, it kind of makes me wonder if like you know he says like Roberta, how I've adored you. I'd ask you over, but I can't afford you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish you would take the time. Um, I, it kind of makes me wonder. You know, we're saying that he was touring, didn't have the time to put to an album. Yeah, he had the pressure. I wonder if this is like one that he just like had in the folder hmm. and was like i you know what i want to finish that roberta song like yeah. i wonder if this was could have gone on another album or something like that maybe i don't know um it's tough for me to figure out how roberta came about that's what i'm saying oh all right well um i think we just finished uh side a if we did we're not we're not quite done with the wine not quite done with the wine we're gonna finish, finish we're gonna finish uh first bottle of the bottle of white yeah um Hey, listen, if you're out there and you're wondering about this wine, I would say search down, uh, search down, search out the <laughs> Malvasia, the Malvasia grape. Good yeah. wine. It's, it's, it's a it's better, good. it's a better Pinot Grigio. It's a better, yeah. it's a better Vina Verde. I mean, Vina Verde, here's the thing. You can get mean, a bottle I, of Vina Verde for seven bucks and it's yeah. very low alcohol. You can drink it right. at a park on the beach, but like this is, this is real good. Yeah. Um, no, this is it, it, it honestly it doesn't I know it's an old world wine, but like it doesn't taste acidic. Not at it all. It doesn't have no, any strong like it's hard to say. Like it's weird. It's, I drink a Pinot Grigio or a big Sauvignon, I drink a Sauvignon Blanc and it's acidic. Like I know I'm like, mm, okay, yeah, this, acidic. Yeah. This does not taste that acidic. This is almost like it's almost like a gruner with a little less mm. body. Yeah. It's like a gruner with a little less body. It it is a little sweet. I don't mind it, but I sure. will say it is definitely a little sweet. Like if yeah. you're but it's not it's not like but a it's sweet. It's well reasoning. balanced. It's well balanced. It's not like there's a, almost yeah. nothing on the on the back of the of the taste. Like once you taste it, there's nothing right. lingering. If if this wine is you know, it's it's not the root beer rag of wine. The root beer rag of wine would just be sweetened in your face. That's not this wine. <laughs> Anyway, I mean, the root beer, yeah, that would be root beer flavored. <laughs> and you'd be like, what is this doing in wine? <laughs> Why did he do it? All right. Um, let's switch sides. Yeah. We're, we're, we'll be back in a second. We're going to switch over to side B and our next wine. 
I love it. See you in a moment. It's totally fine. Someone out there is keeping it running. Yeah. Anyway, um, the track listing says one side, mm-hmm. and then this side says another side. Yeah. Is that, what does that mean? So it's kind of an esoteric thing that different albums do. Um, A side, B side is, is pretty, pretty standard. standard. Yeah, I would um, say. But a lot of times, you know, albums that do little cutesy things where they'll call them one side, another side, or uh, I think it's Appetite for Destruction. Yeah. Has the gun side. Yeah. Which is the first, it's the first side of that album. You got Welcome to the Jungle. You got um, Paradise City. That's like the, that's like the hard, and you got It's So Easy. Mm-hmm. You got all these like hard songs. Right. And then you got the Roses side that mm-hmm. has like My Michelle. Yeah. Rocket Queen, which is which is like Sweet Child of Mine. Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah. You get the love side. So yeah, that, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're back on another side. Mm-hmm. And um before we have another side, we have another wine. Yes. We got our bottle of red. Uh Catherine, what's our bottle of red? Let's check it out. So for the B side, we have uh, Monica from Sardinia from a producer called Praia. These guys are in Oliastra down on the southeast coast of the the island of Sardinia. Um, Sandy soil, seaside breezes. The the grape is native to the island. This is a natural producer. The wine is unfiltered. I'm sure you're getting a really specific texture. You get a little smoky strawberry. Um, You could put a little chill on this if you wanted to. I think this is a perfect pizza wine. Um, and going back to the nothing added, nothing taken away, this is a natural wine, and uh, you'll wake up feeling great tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Catherine, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, so this wine, it's a Sardinian wine? Yeah. You said the grape is Monica? The grape is, uh, let's see, the grape is Monica. It's a I, Monica grape. I've never heard of a Monica grape. <laughs> Monica grape sounds like an actress. Yeah, you know, I, Monica, I just Monica Grape. She oh, was yeah. in a couple movies of Chloe Sevigny. Oh yeah, 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 Monica Grape. She's actually a fantastic actress. Yeah, Monica Grape. I don't know. It's like a weird Friends thing to me. <laughs> it's like I like the Rachel Grape. <laughs> I'm, when I'm feeling weird, I get the Phoebe Grape. Sometimes you get the Chandler Grape. Oh, that's oh. just Percocet. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, no, no sorry. Not no even. offense to Matthew Perry. He had some troubles. For hey, a while. listen, I'm, I'm sure. A lot of people did. <laughs> All right. Pop that, pop that, um, pop that cork. I just want to point out real quick. I'm looking right here. Uh, this might be a first for our show. It's, it's you know, it happens, but uh, less alcohol content in the uh, red than the white. No way. Yeah. That doesn't happen a lot. No. The white was 13.5. This is 12.5. This is a lighter red. Lighter red. Here we go. Cheers. Cheers. Bottle of red. Another right. side. Here we go. Sardinian wine. Ooh. Mmm. Oh yeah. Straight out the gates. Little like kind of funky natural mm-hmm. wine thing. Gotta say, we didn't do it. You could drink this with a little chill. You could put a little chill you on You could this chill video, this okay. and it would be pretty good. And it's a beach wine, so like mm-hmm. here's the thing. If you're at the beach, probably not gonna chill it, but if you chill it before you get to the beach, it would be refreshing because it'd be yeah, totally. a little chilled red on a beach. I like it. Ooh, real good. Sardinia also, mm-hmm. um, they have a diet, like they eat a diet that has people um live the longest in the world it's like sardinia there's another island <clears throat> somewhere in northern japan oh wow a lot of sardine they eat like a lot of olive oil and fish you know they're is they're it are sardines from there is that maybe okay. i don't know also sardinia i guess this is the way you would spell it in italian mm-hmm. s-a-r-d-e-g-n-a sardegna <laughs> sardinia yeah um it's a cherry bunch of, that's a bunch of bologna <laughs> Oh, oh, amen. Mm. Amen, Ragazzi. All right, let's get going. <laughs> All right. Another side kicks yeah. off with a a Joel classic, mm-hmm. The Entertainer. Oh, my God. All right. Well, how do we how do we how do we Where get to begin? The Entertainer? I mean, I, I will say this. If you if you don't know any tracks on this album, 
this is the one that you would know. Yeah. This is a greatest hits single. You know, this is a pretty well-known track. Which is Um, interesting, too, for all of our talk. This is actually the only single from this album. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Only single from this album. Uh, Peaked at number 34. Peaked at number 34 on the charts. Um, You know, we talked a lot about synthesizers. Mm -hmm. And you would be like a Joel classic. Gotta be a piano song. Starts off with a guitar. And then you get this kind of like a real synth. I mean, this. Yeah. I don't know what kind of synth that is, but really leaning hard into the synth. Yeah. I mean, it it grabs you. You're like, oh, okay. This is a song. I don't know if this is just the era of the time, but Mm -hmm. that song and other ones we talked about in past albums reminds me of uh, Salisbury Hill. It just has that yeah. kind of vibe mm-hmm. of like, dun, 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 dun. hey, we're in the station wagon. Mm-hmm. We're driving down. Like, it's got that kind of thing. But then this song is not that at all. The Entertainer no. is a much, it's, I would say it's it's a cynical song. Yeah, I would say this this kind of ranks up there with the 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 bite the hand songs. Yeah. This is the uh, very much kind of railing against fame and and the business yeah i mean being an entertainer yeah what's interesting is i would say if you combine this song with los angelinos Mm -hmm. it's it's Mm -hmm. a very joel version of welcome to the jungle we mentioned guns and roses earlier this is like i'm going to la i'm gonna get chewed up by the city and the industry kind of yeah like this song is i mean is this song about him it's about him right it is i mean i there's it's interesting there's a lot of lyrics in this that you can kind of understand like you know for listeners of our podcast i think this this lyric to me jumped out which is it was a beautiful song but it ran too long if you're gonna have a hit you got to make it fit so they cut it down to 305 amazing do you know what the length was of um piano man no not piano man uh um the you can make me free from cold spring harbor no it was 305. It's 259 on the LP. But to me, it's, it's you know, we, we talked about this in the first episode, the difference between the Columbia version and the uh, family records version of right. Cold Spring Harbor is right. that uh, you can make me free. Had this amazing instrumental kind of fade out. Yeah. And the final version is three minutes shorter. Yeah. So, so I, when I hear that lyric, I, that's that's exactly what I think of. Well, our friends at Wikipedia also mm-hmm. say that it actually does refer to the shortening of Piano Man as well. Oh, wow. It says Piano Man started at five minutes and 40 seconds, and it was shortened to 3.05. And then also I found hmm. out that uh, on The Entertainer, on the the printing of the uh, seven inch or something like that. Mm-hmm. It says that the song is three Oh five, even the song, even though the song isn't. Yeah. It's, it's, Which is kinda, it's kind of like, 40. Yeah. It's kind of like a joke. Yeah. I mean, I think this is, this is the most quintessential kind of angry pissed off Joel that we've come to know and love. Yeah. Do you feel like, is this the angry young man thing? Or is this leading up to the angry young man? Yeah. I mean, I think this this fits in with, with a, a lot of that kind of, you know, I think I'm better than this. I have these record contracts, but they're not doing anything for me. And, you know, I'm the entertainer. Like, right. You know. Yeah. It, it It's not as, as sunny as it seems. Yeah. I mean, like the the lyrics in it are amazing, like where he talks about like, like you love me, but if I don't make a hit, yeah, like, if I don't make a hit, then I get shelved like a can of beans kind of thing. Well, yeah. Sounds like banter, yeah. 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 Gotta get those fees to the agencies and I'd love to stay, but there's bills to pay, so I just yeah i mean yeah. the whole song about just being like or just ending just, up on the so that's the line that i always find interesting is like you end up on the discount rack like another can of beans yeah yeah which it's funny i was reading a novel the other day that made reference to this song specifically and like its point was why why is an album like 
stocked with the beans. <laughs> what kind of store is this? <laughs> and I realized, I'm like, yeah, it's a weird line. It is a really weird line. It's a Long Island thing. It's art. It's what Artie Rip went into after Family Records went under. Apparently, he yeah. basically had to sell off the rest of his records in uh, in the Sea Town yeah. grocery store. All right, well, next song. <laughs> All right, anyway, um, this one, to be honest, mm-hmm. doesn't really stick out to me on this album. No, this Life feels like big time spenders. It's just. I feel like we're a little back in almost feels like kind of Jim Croce is. Yeah. Like we're kind of in just like it feels a little filler. Well, money makes a rich man. I mean, yeah, it's like a love song. Stuff. Yeah. I feel like Roberta did this better. Yeah. I think, you know, this is we're really starting to see the strain on this album. Like this is, you know, this was an album track. He huh. had to put it out. This is yeah. another one that he had to kind of write. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of anything else to say about this. I mean, it has a, it has a little more of a breakdown, I think. It kind of keeps the same tempo throughout. This is where I think maybe this is the style of music in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Maybe everything sort of flowed together. Maybe not if it wasn't if it wasn't soul, you know, or something like that. But mm-hmm. like. This to me has a little bit of that, like sort of Americana country feel, kind of. Yeah, it's it's definitely like like, a, like I keep bringing up John Denver, but like I don't know. Yeah, it just, it just feels like you'd hear it on AM radio. Yeah, and right. it would be like fine. Yeah, I agree. You know, there's nothing special about it. It's pretty middle of the road. It's probably like the label was like, yeah, this is good. Yeah, yeah. You just throw yeah. it on. You got to make an album. All right. Um, I wanted to point out actually before we move on. You, one of the things that's interesting, we obviously talked about the album cover last time, but um, this this is the album cover. We haven't seen one that doesn't have his picture on it, and we're not oh, going to see one for some time. Good point. Wait, we really, really after this, we don't see. I think the, our last one, the bridge, is probably the next one. I would say that that has. Is he on turnstiles? Yeah. Wait, oh wait, hold on. You're saying after this I mean we, we have we've seen after this he's he's on every f- album. He's not on this one. He's conspicuously yeah, not on this album. Yeah. Cover. The I read somewhere like what that it's a painting. It's a yeah. painting of something on a Los Angeles street. Um on uh is it on La Cienega? I don't know what it's on. But um, nylon curtain. So for for another eight years, he won't be on an album cover, or he'll only be on an album cover. Okay. Yeah. They they do say that. I mean, we don't have the physical album in front of us, but they say the back cover of this features mm-hmm. a barefooted Billy Joel in a chair, and he doesn't. He like looks kind of mad, and it says that he'd had his wisdom teeth taken out two days before they shot that. Oh so, wow! And you know, getting your wisdom teeth taken out in '74 probably probably a rougher situation than now. I would say. Yeah, front cover um, is a painting by Brian Hagiwara. Uh, hmm. It's of a hotel on South Center Street in L.A. There's just a lot of things like that in this that you're kind of like it yeah. feels like he's talented, but like he's not going full Joel. He this went al- full Joel and Piano Man. Yeah, this album feels like a misfire, mm-hmm. and I and it's really it it feels like it's out of time it feels like this is the second album and piano man is the third or even yep. the fourth yeah totally it it i will say like i was thinking about this during the break mm-hmm. and i was thinking like this would be one to listen to if you're on a road trip and it's like you got those road trips albums where you're like oh dude put that on like that is a freaking classic back-to-back album mm-hmm. and you got other ones where you're like have you never listened to that you should do it you should listen to it yeah it's like you're not going to listen to this if you're a first time Billy Joel fan. Yeah. But if you're making your way through the catalog and you're like, oh, you don't know the entertainer, like you want to get through that and find the context of it. Right. You can listen to the whole thing and, you know, 40 minutes, 37 minutes. Yeah. And then, <laughs> at one point you're going to be like, what the hell is Root Beer Reg? What is, oh my gosh, I remember the NES game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So, weekend song, the yeah. next one. Weekend song. Okay. So uh, I will say this. If what was the song we just listened to? See, I, I already forgot. This is weekend song. We just listened to uh, Last of the Big Time Spenders. Okay. So if Last of the Big Time Spenders is like the generic 
filler version of a ballad. Weekend song to me is like the generic filler version. It it basically is like a weaker version of Ain't No Crime. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. It's a it's a hundred percent Ain't No Crime, but it's it's Ain't No Crime like yeah. it's it's like the demo version of Ain't No Crime. Yeah. It's basically it's another song about like you gotta work eight hours and hang out with your friends. Everybody drinks a beer and then they take a shot and then somebody calls a cab. Yeah. And like that's the whole song. Although if it's Billy Joel, no one's calling a cab. He's he's driving right home. Right, Everybody right drives. into a swimming pool. Oh gosh. That happened, didn't it? Yeah. Ooh, we gotta get to that. Yeah, I mean it's 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 just that version. But the the interesting thing about that to me about him is that that at some point becomes that becomes like a standard of song that you can write. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm going to write, I'm going to write my Friday night party song. Yeah. Like I've been working. I don't I wonder what, what kind of jobs do the people in these songs that he writes work? I mean, it's, it's, it's working class. I feel like, Is it like, are you working construction? It's hard to retail? say. I think it's, it, it, it's like you work this, at a gas company. It's yeah, something like that. It's the seventies, so it's a different thing. Like, or you're like commuting into Long Island, Long Island Railroad. You're commuting to Penn Station, and you're working an office job, and you're coming back home and unwinding on the weekend. Yeah, like I feel like it's like it's like I feel like it's like if you see like like Secret of My Success or like Working Girl, like these like eighties mm-hmm. Manhattan Dream movies, or just like movie. It's like it's like Dolly Parton's Nine to Five. Yeah, but this is it's not to that level obviously sure but it's like that kind of song yeah yeah i think so i mean it's it's definitely upbeat let me just let me just play it's just forgettable i just can't i know let me just play a second of it to remember how it's different than ain't no problem it does it's very it's like elton john it's so elton john it's very elton john and, and the whole song is essentially like take me to the pilot it's elton john it's elton john yeah it's saying like meet me this but what's interesting is that it's him writing that kind of song but he's writing it mm-hmm. um from a new york perspective he's saying pick me up at the station yeah meet me at the train yeah you give me a change of clothes you give mm. me a shower i guess he's you know he's he's got to clean up from work but it's yeah you don't take a train and meet at the station. That that is a very Long Island thing. Right. That's not an LA thing. But it's also like when I hear that as a Long Island thing, I'm like thinking of some dude in his thirties. And it just it feels so out of touch with this guy who's twenty five. Yeah. Like he's twenty five and he's singing about he's a weird working old... class life. Unless he's like channeling like the friends or the life he, you know, left yep. behind. Billy Joel is one of those people that by the time he was early thirties, he'd lived fifty something years. Mm-hmm. He'd already done his other bands before he'd done Attila, yeah. which we'll talk about at some point. Like, yeah. And he'd already had his piano man days yeah. in LA before he was famous. Yeah. Like he's 25 and he's already lived so much. Yeah. I bet he bummed out so many groupies. Like <laughs> after they had their like fun groupie time, he yeah. probably just was like, I got to be close to someone to be vulnerable. And they were just like, good Lord, oh, God, man. dude. You need like a therapist and a yeah. wife and like you need someone to ju- like you like I feel like he just had so much to unload on people. Yeah. He's he had he's done so many things in his life. At this he's point. just a grump. I don't know. I mean, it, it's that Long Island thing. It's just like a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, mm. that brings us to a beautiful, sad song. I got to be honest. So this is Souvenir. Yep. Um, this is my favorite song on this album. You know this song, and it's barely a song. It's barely a song. So he used to end his shows with this. He would okay. come out for his final encore, and then play this song, and it totally makes sense. Yeah, it clocks in at exactly two minutes, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's a great song. And it, I, I know it's just—it's a beautiful like piano melody. It's understated. It—it kind of has a. I don't know. It just it's. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Let's let's get a little taste of it real quick. Already, already a little melancholy. A little bit of like theater. Yeah, a little bit of like, like Les Mis kind of feeling. It was like cabaret. Yeah, cabaret, yeah. definitely. A picture postcard. A also, 
Elton John right there. Yeah. I mean, him and Elton John are kind of like neck and neck. And they, yeah, they ended up touring together at some yeah. point, too. Did Billy Joel ever do anything with Eminem? Because Elton John did. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm like, love- I think Billy Joel kind of... <laughs> uh, I would love for... <laughs> I don't <laughs> think that would work. No. I'm trying to think what other rapper he could go with. If Although, I will Eminem. say, like, at their heights... Not that Billy Joel was cool, as we've already established, mm-hmm. but at their heights, like I can see like the same type of like angry energy of Eminem and Billy Joel. Hundred percent. That like And also like Eminem, like look, a ton Y'all don't wanna fuck with me. <laughs> I am the entertainer. <laughs> Y'all and that's but a slut to me. I got I do just what I like. I'm gonna hand in my pants with it. I mean like Eminem <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, Eminem is not really. Cool. I got a can of beans, and but he's not really cool either. Like mm. he is in the sense he always had respect, though. He yeah, because he's you know an incredible. He's like one of the greats. Of all. I guess I guess he is. Cooler I mean, he's, than yeah. Billy Joel. That's it. <laughs> Did we just discuss? Is Eminem Billy Joel? He might be Billy Joel. I mean, you got Detroit and Long Island. There's yeah, some yeah, sort working of, some class. Sort of, yeah, some sort yeah. of commonality there. Mm. I don't know. Maybe you got piano man. You got where's my snare? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> where's my snare? Sing us a song. There's no snare on my headphones. I don't know. Um, uh, I just like I like the song, and I think it's it's great that this like ended up on the album as this kind of short little vignette. It reminds me of. Um, I know I keep bringing up Guns N' Roses, but mm-hmm. it reminds me of on the Guns N' Roses live era yeah. album. They cover Black Sabbath's It's All Right. Oh, yeah. And it's just Axel playing piano. Mm-hmm. And it, it reminds me of this. It's just like this. Like, I do feel like there are commonalities between it. There's, it's almost like an angry white man thing. It's like Billy yeah. Joel, Axel Rose, Eminem. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a little bit of a thing. Yeah. I was going to throw Elton John in there. I don't know if he's really angry. He's just he passionate. doesn't seem angry. No, he's just passionate. But like maybe like Bernie Taupin was angry. Maybe Taupin was. Yeah. Angry. I mean, it, Elton John had. You know, I don't know if you watched the the movie, but like Rocket movie. Man. But he yeah, love that movie. He, yeah, he had he had some issues going on. Yeah, this is a great song though. This is yeah. The culmination. And your mementos. Is it sponsored by Mentos? Yeah, some of the fresh maker. <laughs> I love my Mentos. I do think I think this ranks up there. Maybe so it goes, but like in terms of his ballads, this is really one of his best. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, I would say that that is, uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do a quick wrap up after we talk about the last song, mm-hmm. which is the Mexican connection. Odd song. Mm-hmm. So already, you and I don't know enough about music theory mm-hmm. to kind of talk about this, but already where you're coming from there, those are major chords. I believe mm. it's a, it's an, er, I think they're major chords. It's an earnest song, it, but it has a little bit of melancholy to it. It's kind of like a hopeful. It's not really a traveling song though. It's kind of like there's, a, there's a theme of this album that just sort of feels like yeah, bleak or kind of just like, waking up in the morning, like getting through the day, hoping for something. And like this song, it's displacement. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's displacement. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. And that's this song. It's funny that that part right there sounds like, and so it goes. Sounds like what? And so it goes. What, what's and so it goes? That's so his goes ballad. Thing. That's it. That's probably one of his best ballads, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. But like, it, in terms of like the opening chords, I, I I hear a very, and so it goes. That that like. That that like. This sounds like it, the weird little in- instrumental of Billy the Kid. Yeah, that yeah, like right. Aaron Copeland type thing. Yeah, totally. And but it's just well, an odd. It's an odd way to end. First of all, you've already had the most balls to the wall, crazy <laughs> instrumental ever. The most like oh <laughs> moment on an album with root beer rag. What's funny is when you said Aaron Sass- Copeland, <laughs> Sarsaparilla, Sassadu, dude. Root beer rag is one hundred percent. I mean the freaking Sarsaparilla shake, right there. <laughs> That's it. It's, it's the, the Sarsaparilla, Sarsaparilla shake. shake. 
I thought about Aaron Copeland when yeah. you were Aaron Copeland who did the, I mean, I think the thing people are probably know Aaron Copeland for mm-hmm. is the like beef. It's what's for dinner. Like, yeah. like, the like this, like galloping through the West mm-hmm. orchestration kind of thing. I, I was kind of thinking if it was like Gershwin, but I don't, it's like, mm-hmm. it's basically just like, he's already done that. And then mm-hmm. he ends up with this. It is weird to have those two grand instrumentals on this album. It feels yeah. like a lot of very, it feels like a lot of very high skill, high minded mm-hmm. filler. Yeah. You know, I it don't just hate any of it. No, I don't hate any of it. It's fine. It just doesn't click in the way that Piano Man did. Dude, you close your last album with freaking Cap and Jack. Yeah. Knowing that that's going to close out a political rally in the future <laughs> <laughs> and that Rudy Giuliani's going to get all mad about it. I mean, oh, God. I mean, it. I, I get Mexican Connection being an ender. Mm-hmm being a closer of the album also but like what what does that even mean mexican connection root beer rag i at least get it it's <laughs> like it's mean? a rag it's like a rag time right also it's corny as fuck so yeah root beer <laughs> it's not even beer like uh, billy joel a famous alcoholic but yeah. he's like he knows this song is so lame he's like root beer. <laughs> It's terrible. It's like he's like a, a oh children's gosh. birthday performer. Oh my gosh. I would love to have. And again, I don't hate the song. No. We're... I just think it's such an odd thing to put on an album. I think, though, that's one of the things about this album is that, like, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of hateable stuff on it, but it's like there's some indifference for some of the stuff. There's definitely indifference for Last of the Big Time Spenders. Yeah. Um, it just feels like it's not. It's not fully clicking. Like it's not it's it's not cohesive. It doesn't really get there as an album. Yeah. I mean, uh, Mexican Connection to me feels like it feels like a song that should be playing with Je- when Jeff Daniels is on a bicycle in a late 1980s movie riding through like a neighborhood. Like it feels like mm. a score for like what is that movie about the geese or whatever? Oh yeah. Fly away home. Fly away home. It yeah. feels like a score for like a movie about, I was thinking some, something wild when you first said that, but yeah, yeah. fly away home. But it, it feels like that. Kind of, it, it feels like a, like a movie score. Yeah. Like for, for, or for like a John, it does. like a John Hughes movie or something like that. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel like, like you've kind of taken the teeth out of captain Jack kind of. Yeah. I think you're right. Or even like you've seen Tommy Boy. Mm-hmm. Like I remember like that era of SNL movies. Mm-hmm. Like they obviously were like dumb SNL movies, mm-hmm. but they put lots of like like the score of Tommy Boy is very like proficient. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's very much like of this type of like it feels like a well done late 80s, early 90s movie. Right. Because it is, but it's got a stupid comedy to it. Stupid yeah. in the best way. Yeah. 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 This kind of feels like that. This does sort of feel like if Billy Joel was like having to phone it in to score movies to make money mm-hmm. and, and and his agent was like, I can get you this like movie job. And he was like, fine. Right. And then people are like, this is great. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's not that he's making bad stuff. It's just not the most. This feels like filler. Stuff. And what's interesting is like, it feels like filler. And then the things that really hit on this album. Mm-hmm are cynical or Los Angelinos mm-hmm. and entertainer. Yeah. And I mean, to a lesser degree, great suburban showdown and even straight yeah. left serenader. Like there's, yeah. you're right. There's displacement. Mm-hmm. There's him being on tour of the beach boys being like, I don't have time to write another album. Yeah. There's like a lot of that going on, right? Now. I think it's like being like this sad sack is probably not the best mode for him, but yeah. it is the best mode for us as the audience. Hmm. Like we want him to be, like that yeah it's not healthy he's gonna it's gonna drive him to drink but he's gonna make better music for us Is that, that and when you're saying that you mean piano man kind of mode yeah, yeah, yeah totally. just like this like you know self-reflexive kind of sad bitter mm-hmm. but still have a chip on your shoulder but still like still know you're better than everyone else yeah 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 because i mean i gotta say 25 years old in a lot of ways he's he's pretty good Mm-hmm. He is better than a lot of other people. Like he's, he's very talented. Mm-hmm. His gravitas for out, however annoying and unattractive it is like does make him great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how to end the turn or not turns off. 
I don't know how to end the Street Life Serenade thing, except that uh, listen to it if you haven't. Go buy some Sardinian wine and mm-hmm. go on a road trip. These to, are good wines. These are really good wines. Yeah. I would say this. Uh, Sardinian wine, the uh, the lightly effervescent Italian wine. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, yeah. Celery Wine. Thanks, Catherine and Celery. Yeah. Good um, stuff. Bottle of red, bottle of white, bottle of white, bottle of red. Yeah. All right. Till next time. Hey. Till next time, I'll say this. Yeah. Do a dance, keep a hand in your pan. <laughs> <laughs> That's our sign off. This has been Bottle of White, Bottle of Red, hosted by Bill Granberg and Corey Cabin. The podcast is produced by Jeremy Balin. If you enjoyed this episode, check us out on the socials at Rose Instead. That's Rose underscore instead on Instagram and Twitter. The podcast is part of the Seltzer Kings Network. For more information on the wines featured in this podcast, check out celery.com. That's C-E-L-L-A-R-Y.com. Thanks for listening. Cork pop was a bad dude. Cork pop. I dusted <laughs> off my 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 rusty razor. Oh. Great. <laughs>